Fellow knowledge seekers, I hope you've had a chance to check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. And if you checked it out, please give it a good rating. It's a wonderful podcast. Water is one of the biggest driving forces of life on Earth. It's been incredibly influential in human history from the time we were hunter-gatherers looking for fresh sources of water to the uh, uh, agricultural revolution and building bigger and bigger cities eventually having plumbing uh, the way that it changed sanitation uh, irrigation and what is the what's the future of water are we going to have enough of this stuff how can we make more clean fresh water i just listened to a very interesting episode alchemy turning milk into water sustainable water management this episode is all about this very candid conversation about water coffee industrial practices sustainable value chain and social responsibilities with uh this man carlos uh galli who Uh, whose job it is to make sure that the biggest food and beverage company in the world is leading a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Incredibly important stuff. You guys are into science. You guys are into learning, caring about the world, caring about our future. This podcast is for you. Check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. We are moving and grooving, (laughs) guys. uh, I'm very glad that I took the week off recently. I felt bad about it. For you guys, I'm sorry to disappoint people. I know there are some eager beavers out there. We were even a couple days late putting out the new one last week, but now we're back on track. I've just lined up so many interesting guests, and I'm feeling very ready for the first ever live Here We Are podcast. I'm really looking forward to that. Again, that's this week. If you're listening to this uh, right away and, and you're a super fan, um, I'm, no, I'm not going to edit that phone um, dinging uh, text message. I'm just going to keep on going. Um, this, is, this is called improv, and I'm terrible at it. Um, uh, hey, so I'm in Wilmington, North Carolina. If you know anyone around North Carolina, it's a free show. Uh, it's it's um, at the Dead Crow Comedy Club on 519, Thursday, 519. First ever live Here We Are podcast. I'm super excited to be performing it. And you can see all sorts of me that day if you happen to come because I'll be doing my Good Trip Show, which is a stand-up show all about psychedelics. Uh, also, during it's it's the Cape Fear Comedy Festival um, that I'm doing these shows for, um, just down the street at City Stage. So you can see a lot of me tonight. And also, um, I'm I'm doing the Good Trip Show uh, in quite a few places around the southeast. I'm doing it in Atlanta, um, Asheville, Charlotte, Birmingham. Um, Kingsport, Tennessee, uh, Louisville, and and then later on in, in July, I'll be doing it in San Antonio and Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, and more. 
So um, make sure and check that show. If you're a fan of this podcast, you'll like that show, even if you've never had uh, a psychedelic and have no interest in psychedelics. Um, well, then you're still going to enjoy all of all of the. I, I'm I'm able to go a lot deeper and and do a lot more thought provoking and science jokes in this show because the audience is so enthusiastic and they're willing to go along with me down the various rabbit holes that I'm usually only able to go on on this podcast. And so I think, uh, again, if you're a fan of this, you'll be a fan of that show. So please keep an eye on my schedule. Go to shanemoss.com, click on the schedule, find out more about that there and where I'm going to be. I'm working on, I don't want to I don't want to oversell it, but I am working on um, putting together a bigger tour around a whole bunch of places for the fall. Whether that happens or not, who knows? But I am working on it, and it sounds like it is a strong possibility. Um, More on that as we go. Also, people write me a lot and wonder um, if I'm going to be recording it that's the idea i would i would love to make a special um out of the good trip show it's i think it's the best show that i've ever put together it's fantastic it's very long and informative and uh and funny and interesting and different than anything else that i've done before i'm hoping to find a production company that feels the same way and uh the wheels are going a little slow on that but i have some leads and i've done it before so i'm confident that with my best show i'll be able to get another special and if not i'll make it into an album and maybe make it into a special sometime after that either way you want to see it live well you can i'm not sure how much longer i'll be doing this show maybe for another year i would think at the longest um but uh who knows so anyway uh, go and check that out and um, enjoy today's episode. We're going to be talking about hacking. All right. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. I'm very excited today. Today's a little bit of a different episode than uh, than uh, our typical guests. I don't have a I don't have a scientist on today. I don't have an academic on today. I have a hacker on today. Juicy. Ooh, this is a sexy. It's already getting sexy. Um, <laughs> uh, I have uh, Brian Seely who wrote Cyber Fraud, The Web of Lies is with me today to talk about uh, this is something, uh, you know, this podcast we talk a lot about uh, human nature and the human condition and a big part of the human condition these days is the internet and a big part of human nature is lying and manipulating people and cheating and fortunately there are also people out there trying to inform others inform the public and and uh and and trying to play by the rules and trying to help out the good guy and brian seeley is one of those very people hey brian how are you doing today good shane thanks for having me on this is uh this this is fun yeah, this will be this will be a good time. Um, I 
Um, I've had I've had a lot of I've had a lot of guests on that um, you know do controversial topics. A lot of times, you know, it'll be like gender or race issues or or something like that, or or possibly like animal testing or or uh, talking about addiction or disease control and uh, you know a, a lot of academics get um uh get a, a, a lot of a lot of guff they get a lot of heat on them from time to time but i don't think any of my guests have gotten themselves into as much trouble yeah they're not as uh as they're not as have. dumb as i am uh, <laughs> yeah. i take that to a whole new level i guess in this in this scenario yeah, so so your book, uh, Cyber Fraud, uh, The Web of Lies, which I recommend everyone buy if you can, uh, <laughs> which we'll talk about, <laughs> which we'll talk about toward the end. Um, uh, we'll we'll talk about the various forms of uh, of of censorship that have have been uh, kind of uh, oppressed upon you, but um, but so so you first off. Uh, you were um how did you get into all of this stuff so so you you've essentially figured out um if if i can just give the shortest little setup of an explanation you you figured out how scam artists are using um different internet mapping systems to um to get potential customers to uh to call fraudulent um say uh, locksmith or or plumbing um systems that that sort of thing right exactly so you've got think of the yellow pages as a book that's what the yellow pages is a book i don't oh wait it is it's the internet now i guess it's the internet now we've got uh, first off Let's take a step back because we're both in our 30s and I might have some younger people listening. So the yellow pages, everybody. Used to be used a book. To, yeah. Now it's garbage. Yeah, yeah. It's a directory that um, it, you you may have tripped over it uh, once a year on your on your way out the door. I don't know if they still, do they even still they deliver? They do. It's sitting on top of my mailbox. It's been there for about a month. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not claiming it. If I touch it, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and uh and and people when they needed to reach a person they used to have to find a book which also uh, you're going to have to uh uh wikipedia what a book is. Uh, um <laughs> those are now online as well. Um and and they used to deliver you this book full of uh paper pages with information and you would look up people alphabetically to right. find their numbers and, and you couldn't change the order it's all alphabetical all the time yeah and you've got like you've got people that you could look up but you've also got business right and, and the, so the, the white versus the yellow pages yeah white white pages were your neighbor or whatever that you're trying to get a hold of and then the yellow pages were uh when you needed to um have your uh your your glass changed or you got a crack in your windshield or something like that you need the Look up um, the the uh, yellow pages. This uh, uh, one of my 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 brother in law. He he repairs uh, windshields in uh, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, my hometown, 
and he works for a company called A1 Glass. Now, why would you name a company A1 Glass, Brian? For companies in the actual physical book. Yeah. That everyone still has as the uh, the goal to be listed in. This is an old company, by the way. Alphabetically is the only way they're sorted by yeah. category. So you have lawyers, auto glass shops, plumbers, electricians, and they're all alphabetical. So Zeke's plumbing is not going to get as many phone calls as Andrew, uh, Andrew's Zeke's plumbing. Zeke's so good, too. Right. Zeke Even could be, though Zeke is the best. He could be totally... Uh, Zeke's such a good guy, Totally too. going out of business just, because... He has yeah. the wrong name. And even in school, you remember you had to line up by alphabetical? Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. So I was always in the middle. A1 Glass is designed by naming convention to be at the front of the categories for a book that is sorted with alphabetical. But with mm-hmm. Yelp, Google Maps, Bing Maps, all of these other mapping engines, and you can look at these other websites like another version of a Yellow Pages, but mm-hmm. they're each unique to themselves. They're all their own thing. If you search in your area, you don't get an alphabetical listing anymore. You get a, a combination of rating, like a, a, a Google or Bing will assign an internal rating score based on relevancy. Mm-hmm. What's the most relevant? And it's usually a combination of proximity, reviews, how well the name matches your category, things like that. So if I'm, if I'm looking up, uh, I get a, a ding on my windshield. I'm in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I uh, look up, um, uh, I Google on Google Maps, windshield repair. It's it's not going to throw me to... um, um, Goldfish repair. Yeah, goldfish repair or... (laughs) Uh, what was our name we were working with? Is uh, Zachariah or Zeke's plumbing? <laughs> Zeke's, right. Zeke's plumbing in in uh, in Seattle, Washington. It's right. it's not going to send me to Seattle, Washington. These, this is good, right? The search engines know where you are usually based on either your phone's GPS, because most people search for those types of services on their phones increasingly mm-hmm. more and more, and it's to the point where Apple and Google Maps get like forty plus million searches a month. Mm. So now that's a lot of people searching for individual things. So they know where you are. So they're going to provide something relevant to you, which is a better service than having to filter through, you know, Zeke's plumbing when you're not looking for a plumber in Seattle. Yeah. Then they give you keyword relevancy. And so they know if you're looking up plumbing, you're not trying to get the history of plumbing. You need someone who plums to come to your house and fix your toilet or your basement's backed up and you know it's all filling up with water and you need someone now right so this so this is so this is perfect i i look up i'm in the cross wisconsin i look up uh windshield repair and i and i don't get zeke in washington who wants to give me the history of of glass um uh so so what can possibly go wrong with this system oh only everything (laughs) i mean it's perfect until it isn't yeah so the way the internet's made everything more tangible, easier to reach out and grab, it's also made it easier for people to manipulate and scam people. Because back in the day, if you wanted to scam someone, you had to do it in person. Like, you got to rob a bank. You got to actually get out of bed, put on a mask, go to the bank, risk, you know, going to jail. Now you can just... Getting shot. Yeah, that's always a bummer. <sighs> 
hate it when that happens. But it was so much fun, and then they'd make a movie about you. Now with like, and now, and now you right. skim a few pennies off of uh, off of whatever, aka Superman uh, stock two or, or whatever. whatever it was. Yeah, you're you're not you're not office. Space. You might get one movie. You're you're not, but it's not going to be well received. People are. It's not going to have a cult following like the movie Heat or something like that. You're not going to get. You're not going to get a Val Kilmer in his prime. To uh to to do a, a web and... fraud um movie right no I if if there was a movie made on this I would be super surprised although it does have little aspects if you if you ignore the the idiocy the idiocracy of the whole thing right like it was it's ill advised to do what I did and it's definitely a do not try this at home but what can go wrong to answer yeah. your question people figured out ways to fake the yellow pages back in the day. So they would open up companies that were called double A or quadruple A, because if you use the words triple A, the actual company triple A will sue you for brand and trademark infringement. So people would get these quad A names in the, in at the front of the yellow pages. So they would get more calls and they noticed that they would get more phone calls to their business, which would then mean more customers, more money. And that was a life hack. I would have had to name this the, a a a a a a a a a one 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 science podcast. Yeah, something like that, and that's actually not a bad idea for any sort of. If you have to pick something for any, like you're going to start a new project, using an alphabetically high ranking name is a way that a lot of places do it. Even the Apple Store and Amazon, and you know, it's just one of those life hacks that's always going to work. So for businesses your brother-in-law, you've got all these people and family who do trades and different things. They're faced with not only having to do their job, be, you know, contributing members of society, hardworking Americans, blue collar, noble work. But now they have to understand the internet and now they have to compete with geeks like me who sit around and figure out ways to screw around on the internet and don't know how to fix a car or change a windshield and, date get girls you know that whole thing but you know how to get people to call you to do those things yes yeah because we spend so much time on a computer you now have to be a trade expert and an seo computer expert you've got to figure out how to build a website or they charge you through the nose to do so Mm -hmm. for you so it's there's a lot more that goes into being a, a blue collar american starting your own business it's not just work real hard and do your job real well. It's also now you got to be an expert in marketing, sales, internet, SEO, all this other stuff. So how did you first get involved in this stuff? Because you were, you were one of the bad guys for a while, were you not? Yeah, I, I was in California working as a network engineer and working for a company that did IT services in Long Beach. And the company I was working at closed their Long Beach office and I got an offer to go move to Texas if I wanted to go continue working for the company. I decided I didn't want to live in Texas because too far away from family and so many Texans yeah, in Texas. Texas. Yeah. yeah, it's totally fine. I've got a lot of Marine friends who are from Texas and they're, sure. they're a unique bunch of people. Unique's a good word. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm a contributor at Fox Houston, which is funny too. So Because I'm voting for Bernie Sanders and I just want them to know that. Houston's a very... Unique, unique city, in, unique, in, interesting bunch of folks. I, I, I'm I'm going to call Aust- uh, Austin an awesome yep. kick ass city. Yo, I'm going to totally. call Houston 
unique. Austin's got some really interesting stuff from the tech side. They're encouraging tech companies who are starting there because of tax regulations and internet speeds are crazy fast in Austin. So it's a nice city. I mean, it's really well laid out, clean, fun people. Why are internet speeds faster in Austin? Oh, because they've got better bandwidth and better infrastructure. So they've got the capability to have like gigabit internet. And so you can actually get cheaper business internet services installed faster for a less price with more speed than in Seattle where we don't have gigabit everywhere and it's harder to get good speed. So ah. it's less interesting or enticing for tech companies to start setting up there you know i read an article and i don't mean to get off topic i have a nasty habit of asking asking these um professional people about things that uh, have nothing to do with their (laughs) work necessarily so i don't expect you this is what i do this but but i i read something about how um they're trying to put in um cables from like london to canada or something like that um that's not abnormal so that so uh, but but it's some it's some special new cable it's it's basically it's so wall street can get their data like a quarter of a second faster oh yeah they're spending like outrageous amounts you're lucky a quarter of a second no no it's not it sounds ridiculous but it isn't because there's mark cuban was talking about this and i was actually talking about this with him the other day um high frequency trading and there's a lot of people who make money trying to trade on different exchanges whether it's new york or chicago based on the fluctuations between the same actual stock and having different prices in different exchanges especially with london and new york the time difference and the actual network latency speeds can cause people to know what the future is technically so if london is like even just a just a micro smidgen above what New York yeah. is, they can play those two markets against each other and buy and sell stock and make money on not right. the performance of the stock, but the latency between the networks. Right, right, right. So, so to put this in uh, in, uh, in in case in case my um, uh, for now for my older listeners um, that somehow figured out pod computers and podcasting enough to be listening right now um that aren't that aren't as tech savvy i'll put this in uh in a relevant term i used to so i'm from lacrosse wisconsin my grandparents um lived in the small town called lansing iowa and there was a, a small little um uh, like collectible shop in there and they they did trading cards and i used to i used to have like a lot of baseball and basketball cards and and everything and uh back back my my generation was the one that got real dicked on that because that was like it was the generation that like all all the uh, like they were going to be my worth dad, something my dad threw out all of his cards so anyone that had cards remaining were worth a quarter of a million dollars or whatever so we all figured uh you know this uh, this is going to be some uh, great investment they lied well, to us they did. They lied to us all. Um, well, anyhow, this uh, this place in Lansing. This is a small town. They're always behind the times on on everything. Like I went there with rollerblades for the first time, and they they thought I was like from the future. They thought I was Marty McFly on like a hoverboard or something like that. But they're always a little behind on things. And I would go to this card shop, and they had their old Beckett's the Price Guide. 
for oh, the cards. I used to collect. They always oh, I used to have those. They always had like a, a one that was a month or two old. Was was the guy's resource for pricing his cards. So I would just go in with the new Beckett and then look up the prices and and figure see. out what yeah yeah what and, things are priced. Right. wrong and where they're going to be going because if you know like back right. to the future too if you know where something's going to be you can play accordingly and you can so the way that these stock exchanges have these fluctuations people do crazy high frequency trading knowing that they're making money and it's a sure thing and right. it's it i think there will be the sec and other people will be getting fights in legal fights with preventing that kind of stuff and so the infrastructure that's free money for anyone that figures out to game the system right but the people who are doing that do it on the backs of other people and so someone has to lose right you know and it's usually consumers and people who can't afford to right it's like charging you know it's like banks charging uh, people with no money more money to not have any money they're like, hey, overdraft fees. We know you don't have any money, but we're going to kick you while you're down. Right. And make a, bun- a bundle on it. Which brings us to the job that you ended up taking in California. Right. So I lost my job, mm-hmm. and I had a kid, and I was still with my, my wife at that time. Uh, Desperate times require shady measures. Oh, I didn't even know it was shady. It wasn't like it was posted on a job board. Super shady job for <laughs> desperate out-of-work computer engineer. It was a guy who I'd worked with at another company. He was a vendor consultant for a company I worked for who that also got shut down during the mortgage crisis. He said, well, I've got a data entry and tech job and I can start paying right away. Like, oh, thank God. Great, I'll do it, whatever. And it was data entry and it was building these business locations that he had in a list all over the internet. And it was an organizational task, and then it was learn the systems and learn how these things go and auto- help automate, make it faster. And I thought the hundred or so businesses we were building were his, because the guy's rich. The guy had a nice, super nice house in the area of Orange County called uh, Ladera Ranch over by Coto de Casa. Mm-hmm. Super nice houses, tons of super rich people, Britney Spears, Kobe Bryant, they all live over there. And it was... Um, it was an opportunity to work and I made decent money, you know, $500 to $1,000 a week. Mm. And it slowly expanded as I got good. We, I, I probably realized two to three months in that these businesses were not real. They were, they were for all auto glass and windshield repair. They were all for businesses and all of the phone numbers that were on these unique, each business had their own unique phone number that looked just like anything else. And they all forwarded to one central number. And that dispatch uh, call center would then handle the calls. And I didn't really listen to the calls or handle any of that stuff. I was just the data entry guy. Putting them on Google, Bing, Yelp, white pages. And there's, there's 50 to 100 different directories like these of different stature and you know, viewership. So we'd put them everywhere. So that any time anyone looked up auto glass repair, we'd, they'd hopefully get one of ours. And every time a call came in, he would sell that call for about 7 to $10 each mm-hmm. to different companies. And some of the companies were local mom-and-pop stores that had their own real glass business. And he would tell them, hey, we've got a marketing campaign that's generating too many calls. We have too many customers. Such a weird problem to have. So many, so much, yeah. too much money. My pockets are full. My bank account's full. I can't hold any more money. 
take some of these from us. We'll sell them to you uh, and you can pay for them later. So at the end of the month, we'll send you an invoice for how many calls you got. And they'd say, oh, okay, well, how are we going to track that? And he said, well, I record the calls so you can dispute the bill and make sure that we know that they were actually customers. So he, if you got 10 calls at the end of the month, we could play back all 10 to make sure that they weren't a sales call, to make sure it was an actual customer, a new customer calling in. And that means they would make profit, which then paid the fee for the call, and then they'd still make money. It was, it's stupid to say no. Every business owner who we ever called basically said yes. And right. I wasn't handling any of the customer interaction. I didn't even find out about that until six months in. Well, from there on, they're just getting called and like, oh, there's free, there's business just coming in my if way. If it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Yeah. And, it, and the way that a lot of these companies do it, even the Yellow Pages and White and uh, other online directories do the same thing. They have ads on their own pages for plumbers or electricians, even in the Yellow Pages book, you can see advertisements for a 1-800 number for a plumber. And technically, the person who put the ad up and who owns the phone number is the Yellow Pages themselves, and they sell the calls. It's not like my old boss got this idea on his own because he's a genius. No, he copied the real marketing geniuses from these industry-leading companies. And these are like the Yellow Pages and yellowbook.com, and these companies do this stuff. AT&T, Verizon... <laughs> They generate a million views on an ad. People call the number and they sell the call to whatever business that business uh, that number's for. Yeah, they invented this scammy crap. So, so what what what's the problem if someone is uh, if someone's generating all this business for somebody? What what's the problem? It's number one. It's fraud. Yeah. It's, it's lying. And any five-year-old would tell you, if, if you can't explain it to a five-year-old without them going, this sounds like a scam, it's going to be a scam. It's, right. If I say I'm A1 locksmith because on Google Maps I'm number one with 50 reviews, but there's no actual business license for that. Right. See, that's where it gets really murky for all these companies is every state has their own regulations for licensing depending on the type of trade. You don't need a license to be a special window installer, you probably just need a general contractor's license. But for locksmiths in the state of Texas, you need a business license and you need a locksmith license, which means you've gotten a background check and you've gotten uh, fingerprinted so they know who is acting as a locksmith because this is to protect consumers from people who shouldn't be entering someone's home. Mm. And not to vilify anyone, there are plenty of good felons out there. There are plenty of people who've made mistakes and rehabilitated, but maybe you don't want the ones who have a history of armed robbery or burglary or rape or child molestation to be coming into your home. But maybe they had something on their record like accident negligence and a driving accident, but you don't mind if they're coming to your house. These state agencies get to determine whether this person is going to be a locksmith or not, especially right. for Texas. But see, Washington doesn't have that licensing process. And many other states are back and forth. So now you've got all these other requirements to be a locksmith, an actual by-the-book locksmith that is accountable to the state for his actions with the public so that the public can feel safe. Because otherwise, it's just Mad Max. It's chaos. Right. And consumers are the victims. They're the ones getting robbed 
murdered you know and these are these are calls that if it weren't for like basically this company's intercepting calls that these legitimate businesses would be right. getting and that's the anyway right so that's kind of they the, would be getting them anyway real rub i mean i mean for me it's like i i want to go the opposite with it like i i wish that there was a reliable resource so i made sure that there was a criminal coming to my doors like when i uh when I when I call to have pizza delivered, I want to. I'm hoping that the guy can like bring some weed over too. You know, it's <laughs> like, he, like oh, that. this guy's got a neck tattoo. <laughs> He's got a hookup. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. my new pizza slash weed guy. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There needs to, there needs to be. What uh, time do you get off work, bro? <laughs> but but definitely there needs to be two different resources for. There Ooh. needs to be that dark web, and then and then people right. that do want the legitimate they they don't want weed sprinkled on their pizza they can just get regular pizza straight from the source right from the, colorado from the mom and pop places right yeah but you can go get that in colorado and seattle yeah. like you well, go walk downtown and you can smell maybe i want a little weed. maybe i want a little oxy sprinkled on it's my, all fun and <laughs> games until guys like hey you want to buy a knife it's only used <laughs> been, only been used once like okay back up buddy all right you know what's hilarious? Uh, uh, completely off topic, but that just uh, re- reminded me because uh, <laughs> we're in Seattle right now. I was in Seattle with uh, with my ex a couple years ago, and um, and I went to the the market, Pike's uh, place, yeah, yeah, Pike's place, place. Yeah. and um, and I and there was there was a stand there with like wooden. <laughs> This is so off topic, and we're whatever we're having fun. Um, there, there's like wooden um, pens. Uh, this guy like handcrafted pens, and I'm I'm a writer, and I like having fancy and different pens and stuff. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and I'm like maybe gonna buy two, and then ended up just decide to buy one, and and uh, and then and my girlfriend at the time who was exceptionally attractive uh he goes and, and and for for the lady uh here here's a complimentary survival whistle he gave her a rape whistle a rape whistle like i want to be thinking about rape when i'm out or or even worse is the shopkeeper's like this discerning young gentleman just bought a pen. Wow, this girl is attractive. She better not get raped. I better yeah. give her this whistle. One, he thinks I'm I think shady. Of, when I think of her, I think of raping uh, someone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's so many problems with that intuition, or or thinking that. I think there should be a rule of who's allowed to give rape whistles <laughs> to anyone. A I think, I think people at a be... seminar, cops. And that's one, it. and you should only be giving them to people. Who are looking for <laughs> rape whistles? Not and ins- that's like what you think I can't protect her, dude. That's what like it, what do you do? <laughs> what do you then? What do you do off work? Just stop people in the store, like <laughs> random people, and give them rape whistles, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. ominous foreboding uh, was, moment in a movie. So bizarre. You're and gonna what, need this. Trust and, me. And who's like? Who's I don't know, and I don't understand why like your paycheck? rape whistle needs to be like artsy. 
Like, it, it isn't the important. It isn't, uh, I mean, re- the right puzzle, number one, is about function. <laughs> it's definitely about... You function first and foremost. Reliability. Yeah, reliability. Is a key factor, and then function. Form, not so much. It's not like, wow, that's super loud. Wow, but that is a very nice right whistle. <laughs> And then how do you even go about selling it? Like, uh, yeah, it's, oh, well, it was, this, I, see, it's not I regular rape whistle. This is exactly what it was, I'm sure. It's fancy. There I'm sure this sick. guy wasn't moving a lot of these survival, <laughs> quote-unquote, survival He's trying whistles. to unload so his I think poor business just, decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got this I've idea for fancy rape whistles. Uh, it's going to be a I've, hit. I've had a lot of dumb merch ideas. <laughs> I've been there. You end up throwing those need, in, a, that, in the bonus. This is definitely not one of those good merch ideas for after, <laughs> after no. a comedy show. It's like, no. buy a T-shirt and uh, a Shane Moss uh, rape whistle. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm considering it. <laughs> now, I'm like, oh, now, you, if, now we talked it about it, you kind of. I'm like, well, maybe, it would be. Well, maybe it's different. It's novel. No one else has <laughs> no, one. No other comedian is doing it. And you might as well hit. You know, get people where the, the there isn't already targeted <laughs> advertising. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so so back on point. We were um, so. We're, we're talking about so a lot of these people they want they want legitimate businesses they call up for and and we we should make the point that uh, so what what kind of businesses are are these frauds targeting okay so it doesn't happen to restaurants in this in this case I mean restaurants have problems with Yelp and other things but it's not it's only businesses that show up at the consumer or customer's location so commercial carpet cleaning landscaping plumbers electricians anybody that you call that will come to you not you go to them i mean how many people out there have a landscaper doing their grass how many of you know where his office is you wouldn't go to a landscaper's office they don't have an office because they're out mowing lawns Mm. or they're cleaning pools or they're handymen and these people all have business licenses, and many of them are legitimate. The real hardworking people, sure, they're following the rules. They've got all their mail delivered to their house or their post office box, and that's fine. But it's when you have companies setting up fake glass sites, and we used UPS stores for a long time until Google changed the rules, saying no more businesses at UPS stores. And then they're like, oh, okay, fine. We're back on UPS stores, totally fine again. And then there's also um, there's locations like Regis offices, business offices you can go and use anywhere in the country so you don't have to set up your own business, mm. actual brick-and-mortar place. But you need a desk with the internet and that type of thing. So anyone that can come to you and show up at your house or your business, so business-to-business services, business-to-consumer, duct cleaning, carpet cleaning, painting, anything to do with your house, anything to do with all that. And those are the businesses that are targeted uh, and the ones that make the most profit are the ones that are scammed the most, which is garage door repair, moving companies, and locksmiths being number one. So now you're uh, you're getting a hold of someone who... uh, You're getting a hold of my... uh, Potentially a criminal... Um, you're, you're getting a hold of someone who, who is, um, I, I mean, the laws are still in kind of gray areas at this point. Right. But, but this, well, yeah, they this, haven't caught up at all. The, this is, but this is, this is fraud. I mean, if we're just calling fraud it what is, it is, it's fraud absolutely is the misrepresentation fraud. Yeah, of yeah. who you are to get money from someone. 
under false pretenses. And now, time. now you're see, it's all, it's almost uh, you, you know, if, if you go to um, a, a restaurant that has, um, say, fraudulent Yelp reviews or something like that, and they tricked you into eating a meal in their establishment. Well, that's one thing. But now you're inviting a fraud into your home, and you know who right. knows where, what's going to where there usually are no other people. It's the opposite of a public place, right? And now they know where you are. I mean, there's cases all over the board throughout history of okay, especially now, someone uses a ride sharing service, and I, I use Uber personally and love it, love Uber to death. I mean, it's made things so much easier, but you know that the person picking you up to take you to the airport knows that you're getting on a plane and leaving the area. And so then you have to say things like, oh, yeah, no, my wife and kids are staying by. And, you know, she, oh, no, she's a gun collector. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And she, uh, she spends all weekend loading and cleaning guns with the children and, you know, like trying <laughs> right, to say right, stuff right. to make sure the guy doesn't come and right. take all your stuff. So it's that fear of, okay, Am I inviting a felon into my house? Has this person been checked by someone? There should be someone checking people who are allowed to go and service consumers' needs. So a locksmith who can then take all your locks off of your doors at your request, make duplicate copies of the keys that he gives you, and just waits for you to leave. And that's actually happened. I was getting keys made with my, one of my clients in Bothell, and one of the legitimate locksmiths where we went to his office, this guy actually gave me an interview for the book. And he was making the keys that were really high security. And he was talking about a lady who called a locksmith off Google Maps, had them come to her house. She said she was getting new locks put on and they were going to have pin pads so that she could allow people to come in and change the pin numbers after they left. It was for some vacation stuff. And she was leaving on it for a month vacation. She came back. And her house was empty. Oh. And she hadn't given anyone the number. And the locksmith that she went and hired, she had found on Google Maps, it wasn't on Google Maps anymore. And when she called the police, they were like, what do you want us to do? And she's like, well, find them. And they're like, they're not on Google Maps. You called this number. The number's disconnected. Like, what do you want us to do? They're gone right. with all of your stuff. And this has actually happened quite a bit. I mean, there's been... NBC, there's Dateline 2020, there's uh, the Today Show, there's a guy who does segments on locksmiths, and all over the country, people are like, oh my God, shady locksmiths, but no one's ever taken it any further. It's right. never gone to this, oh wow, this is actually not a unique problem to our city, or an isolated incident. It's a whole network of locksmith scammers in large and small groups that do the entire country. And that's just the one locksmith industry. And now there's, there's garage door syndicates of people doing this stuff. There's moving companies, uh, AC, HVAC repair networks. There's affiliate programs where they will pay you to generate calls for their scammy organization. And all you have to do is handle the, the technical side of it. Mm -hmm. And these, these shady people are well-organized and have money. And they, they're good at this stuff, and they've been doing it forever. And it's a billions of billions of dollar problem because they're not paying taxes on this money. They take money from the consumers. They don't have anyone looking over them. They, no one knows that they're running a business because all that exists about them is on Google, Bing, Yelp, and so on and so forth. Right. 
And this is all pretty clever stuff too. This is this is not your typical uh, like email scam that's and uh, that's ended up in your in your spam filter. You right. know that's and it's uh, not like, like oh, the guy from I walk up to you on the street, I stab you and take your wallet. There is no question that that was a scam of some kind. That something bad happened. You're like, well, maybe the stab was accidental. Or maybe he didn't intend to, and maybe he was repairing my wallet, and he's going to give it back to me at a later date. No, there's no, there's no mistaking that that was a robbery. This scam is genius in the fact that you call someone, and let's say I run this 1-800 number that's, and I have no business being a locksmith, but I figured it this system out. You call it, and it, the person who answers says, locksmith. And you're like, oh my God, I, lock, I got locked out of my car and I have to go meet Betty and we're going down to Starbucks and, I, and my dog is in the car, help. He shows up, lets you into your car, you get your chihuahua, you go meet your friend at Starbucks, you have your pumpkin chai latte thing. And at no point did you think the person who you called, you called expecting a locksmith, like I answered and said locksmith, a locksmith showed up. There's nothing that even triggers a flag like something's wrong. Yeah, even, even when everything went right in it. Uh, uh, everything you, went how you expected there, it there, to go. Yeah, yeah. And so if everything matches up with your expectations, it's not too good to be true. It's never a moment to be concerned. Now, that phone number forwarded to a guy who is so-and-so locksmith. He might have a business license. He might not. People do this legitimately. They also do it scamming. And chances are it'll be a scammer. But that guy knows the locksmith trade, but he doesn't have a license. He doesn't have a DBA. He doesn't have any sort of authority. Like, no one knows who he is from the state government. He just broke into cars a lot when he was a kid. and <laughs> Or he took a class on the internet, bought the yeah. tools, and the tools are only a few hundred bucks. It's I could go be a locksmith with less than $1,000 and probably run Seattle and all of Washington in terms of how much business I get if I wanted to. Now, I don't want to do that, number one, because then I have to leave the house and, you know, the outside world's scary. It is. It is. It's really overrated. Yeah. So, people stabbing people and robbing people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no, epidemic. Stay, stay indoors. Everyone stay indoors. We're not required to wear pants. <laughs> now, it happens in all these other industries, too, and it's in every major city. So, when I was working for this Autoglass scamming company, we had started with 50 locations, mostly in California, and then expanded over the course of about a year to 3,126 locations. It was the number we stopped at. It was, it's an arbitrary number. It's not some mm. set thing. Because we figured out there are 292 to 300 cities in this country that have over 100,000 people or more. That breakdown gives you one listing for every single one of those of one brand. So let's say we create... Uh, Aaron's Auto Glass, and we just started up a new franchise and built them out on all these search engines. And now Aaron's Auto Glass is one of the top auto glass companies in the country, except there are no employees. And then we move on to Bill's Auto Glass and Windshield Repair. And we just make up names with the keywords, mm. and you can then duplicate to a point of like having three or four per city. So that way you're in the top one, two, three, and four, or somewhere in that, and you dominate. The, the top rankings because now you've got the listings on these fake sites, but no one knows who you are and your customers aren't going to go and leave reviews. Most people don't. 
So we hired a team of people in the Philippines who worked for $2 an hour, happily, because that's more than they made anywhere else. And they would go and post reviews on our fake businesses Mm. to the point where we ended up hiring a screenwriter who's fairly famous in Hollywood and famous family for sure. And he wrote 10,000 fake reviews for us on a per review basis. And this guy, it was during a writer's strike of some kind Mm. or a production strike. He needed money. He was broke and gave him a job for like nine months, basically writing these. He wrote 200 fake reviews a day and I put them all into a doc and looked at them and compared them and none of them are even the same after three words. Yeah. They're uh, so unique. Uh, uh, was it uh, was it a lot of reviews like, uh, there there was an explosion and then there was like, No, it was like, <laughs> was oh, I, was, like I cannot believe writing. this happened to me today. Yeah, yeah. I was just driving down the freeway minding my own business and then out of nowhere and like they're long, they're well written and it's it was like almost like a sociopath who right. can like conjure up all of these different possible narratives for but he's a writer. He's by right, trade right, right. can imagine different scenarios and it was really well put together. And right. we paid him over a hundred grand to do it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people when they think about um, internet fraud, they they think uh, they're they're savvy enough. They think they're pretty immune to it. They they think when you think internet uh, when you think about internet fraud, you often think about you know the king of uh, Zimbabwe or whatever, or the prince that's that's going to get a hold of you or whatever. Nigerian prince who yeah. has all this money and goodwill for foreigners. Which, by the way, all of those scam. Um, scammers really uh, uh, do such a disservice to the actual Poor African princes. princes that want to send money to. I would, yeah, I would to, kill to, to interview a charitable, <laughs> a charitable prince from Africa and get his take on this. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, giving us a bad name. <laughs> you, you will enjoy this. My grandma, um. Small small town in Iowa. I think she is probably I'm close guessing, to ninety years old when this happened. I'm guessing she's not a online hacker. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I think I think she is. I think she gets emails. Um, that's about the extent of her uh, 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 computer okay. skills. And I think this was actually a call that she received from a scammer. I, I I'm forgetting the story exactly, but it was either. It was either um, via email, or I'm pretty sure it was an actual phone call. I don't, I don't know if something that happened in email led to it, but anyway, my grandma, someone called and said, y- "Your grandson Jared or whoever um, is in jail in Paraguay a- or something like that." Yeah, those are and- bad. It preys on people. with just a little bit of knowledge about the person, instead of like a broad stroke trying to steal something from someone without knowing who it is, this is a crafted scam. Right. Where, oh, your son Shane is is in a Mexican jail right now and needs money. Right, right, right. And the only way to get him out. So now you've got this sense of urgency. You've got a strong family tie with this loyalty factor and a letting people down thing. Yeah, yeah. And it makes... Uh, it makes unsuspecting people who are not aware that this scam exists act and send large sums of money via Western Union to places where you can't retrieve the money. 
And it's happened in numerous occasions. I hear about it all the time. It's really sad because it usually targets old women and yeah, yeah. the elderly. You know what's hilarious? about my? So the, these people called my grandma. My grandma thought it was completely legitimate. I had like, no idea em. that it was a scam. <laughs> That's exactly what I had. She goes, That's, she goes, well, that little bastard had it coming. <laughs> And click that that ought to teach them and and and, and just talk out to let them rotten uh, Mexican prison or whatever. I always knew he had a pension for whores. That little son of a bitch needs to rot in jail. And tell him Grandma says hello. <laughs> uh, right, right. It, it, it was it was awesome. We didn't even know about it until what happened was by coincidence he didn't like send her a christmas card or or you know didn't send her a christmas card as early as a lot of people do or whatever it was and then she was like paranoid and then she was like reaching out and she's like i didn't get a christmas card from jared or whoever do you you think it's do you think it's because i didn't bail him out of jail and they're like, what? What are you talking about? And then she told the story, and that's how last, we all found out The last about time it. I wasn't bailed out of jail by a family member, they did not get a card. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There's definitely some family tension. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It's sad, though, because it, people have found a way. It's not just computer tech hacking. It's finding out how to get the person at the other end of those keys or phone or whatever to do something that gets their money. So it's social engineering and, and these social engineers turn out, that's the actual magic is when you can convince people via the phone or email that you're not who you say you are to get information like passwords. And you can, you'd be surprised just by asking and pretending to be someone else, you can get quite a bit of information. And that's some of the greatest, the most famous hacker of all time, uh, thus far as a guy named Kevin Mitnick. He um, ended up going to jail. He was on the FBI most wanted list. He's written several books, uh, is now a security expert consultant. And most of his hacks involve social engineering, calling people saying, hey, we're sending someone down there to do an audit on the site. And I'm so-and-so from corporate and then shows up and does the audit. And the guy lets the guy in without an ID. Like It's just stuff like that where you get to trick people and be able to be an actor and put yourself in this improvisation sort of role on the phone, and if with a bit of confidence and a little bit of background information, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish. All you need is confidence, and people believe anything. I it's mean, even as ridiculous. a stand-up, it's like, uh, you'll, you'll see, I'll sometimes see open micers, it's like, man, if I could, I should write jokes for this guy, because if I... If this guy with his confidence had my jokes, like nothing would stop him because someone can get up and tell the worst jokes I've ever heard in my life and just sell it in such a way with so much confidence that people laugh because they're like, I guess this is funny. He he sure seems to believe it. I, I found that I get more, I get speaking work like talking about being a cybersecurity expert and actually speaking at legitimate organizations, state, government. I spoke to law enforcement people yesterday at a security conference about wiretapping the Secret Service and intercepting calls. And I'm looking at these guys like, I was like, are you guys squirming right now? Like, do you want to arrest me? Like, yeah, trust yeah, me, yeah. they've already taken care of it. Attaboy, downboy. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Do, you don't need to go, you know. Well, we, now that you brought it up, we better we better get into it. Um, <laughs> so so you, you 
um, wanted to atone yourself of your sins, and you wanted you wanted to sure. Uh, you wanted to raise awareness. You you were on the inside. You figured out that this is a fraudulent company. These are a bunch of fake businesses. These are a bunch of scams. You found this out. You I quit. left the company left along the with company. another coworker. We both were like our you know conscience sort of caught up. We said you know what we're not doing this anymore. We left. Two years later, I've been working, you know, doing security work, doing uh, IT consulting up here in Seattle. And I went to just go look to see what the industry looked like. And it was even worse. Mm. Like, no one had fixed anything. Google and Bing and all these other places are just horribly populated with this stuff. And no one's doing anything about it. Mm. And I was like, all right, well, this is kind of bullshit. So I'm going to make some fake, funny uh, listings. So I, I changed the name of the Mormon temple in uh, Salt Lake City to uh, Trey and Matt Stone's uh, House of Comedy. Uh, I also changed the... I just saw Book of Mormon, by the way. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. Please, everyone, look up Book of Mormon. Go see it. Find it it when it's in your area. Please bring everyone you know... Or travel to go see it. ...to see Book of Mormon. I might be building it up a hair too much... But no, no, you're not overselling it either. So good, it's so good. So anyway, that plus ten or twelve other pranks. Um, I built a a fake business on the White House lawn called Edward Snowden's Secret Hiding Place, <laughs> which went over real well with certain people. And then uh, the Scientology Church in L.A. I changed to uh, the Church of uh, Scientology with no sense of humor, and uh, I messed. I I made the uh, Phelps Church in. Uh, you know, the Phelps crazy Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, I yeah. changed that to the uh, Westboro Baptist Church and sex toy shop dungeon uh, and a few well, other these things. These are just people trying to do the Lord's work. So I, I take offense to that one. <clears throat> they're, they're just trying to let people know why that the troops are dying because of the gays. I mean, I, I don't know why. You How can you fault that logic? How can you fault I mean, that logic? <laughs> I mean, when, people, when obvious people are crazy, these crazy people are crazy and they're doing what crazy people do. They obviously have a good sign budget. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And travel. Budget. Uh, yeah, gotta, uh, yeah tra- it's, we're just in it for the frequent I, flyer miles. I, I don't know how they figure how they are able to afford. I mean, obviously, it doesn't take much just, to get some. You know, some we should just keep letting them until they whatnot. bankrupt themselves. Well, the thing is, is people draw attention to it, and that's exactly what they want. And it's they like, want it's like a nothing story. Yeah. It's a nothing well, issue. The media stop covering it, you know, like, yeah, and yeah. it'll die out quietly. Right, right. So I. I went back and looked. I made a few pranks to try and get attention to the issue, but it, it, that didn't really land home like I thought. And one I had built, I hadn't even advertised or told anyone about, was called LOL Google You're Still My Bitch. And it was to my actual phone number, uh, Google Voice phone number, and it was in Seattle. And someone found it and sent it to a blogger who's the maps expert. He posted it, and then someone ended up leaving me a voicemail, and I did an interview. And it kind of escalated until I did an interview on Channel 4 Como here in Seattle about map spamming and confessing that I used to do this and this is how I know how to do this. Live on camera, I changed the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. to the Edward Zoolander School of Kids Who Can't Read Good <laughs> and, and actually changed it. And then in, on Google Maps, for everyone to see, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And then... Google didn't respond, um, didn't really have any issue. The next day, I was at home like, oh, I was on the news. Like, oh, my goodness, this might actually do some good. And then I thought, what if I were to take this in a non-monetary, try and scam people, but 
an intelligence sort of thing. So going back to my Marine Corps background, I thought, I wonder if I could dupe a federal agency. And by the next morning, I was able to have created fake secret service locations that had a higher ranking and more reviews uh, than the real one in the same location. It, yeah, you, you kind of, so over the Google Maps, if you were to Google map the like FBI headquarters FBI or FBI in San Francisco and Secret Service in D.C. So you just overlaid your own and it, and it looked identical. Same map point, same, same address, and... same pictures, everything. And I flagged their reviews as spam, so it removed their five-star and one-star reviews. You know, people being funny pranksters on the internet. And added ones to myself, which then made my fake listing show up above theirs. So if anyone looked up Secret Service Washington, D.C., the first result was mine. And that phone number automatically forwarded every call that was inbound to the real switchboard, mm-hmm. which then anyone who called, like we talked about with the expectations, I'm expecting to dial the Secret Service when I push call on my phone. Secret Service. And the guy answers and says that. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But that phone call is being recorded. Which, because it was, I wouldn't say ill-planned, it was just completely boneheaded from beginning to end in terms of conception and poor choices. on a whim. On a whim. I wasn't expecting it to work so well. Within a few minutes, it was getting calls. Once it switched rankings, people were actually using Google Maps to call the Secret Service. And most of them were agents or officers or relevant agencies in the field. So FBI agents in D.C. who needed to talk to someone at the Secret Service about an active investigation. And I could listen to all the calls if I'd wanted to. I stopped after a couple because I didn't want to hear something that you can't unhear. Like, the president's a robot, and Dick Cheney's really a cyborg from outer space. We and you're like, oh, shit. know that already. But yeah, I guess to have the actual confirmation would be... Well, I think some people in the country would rather have our president be a robot rather than half black. Like, yeah, like yeah. that's some better alternative. <laughs> so anyways, it worked. And I immediately had this like rush of adrenaline. Like I was right. And then the thought was, oh, my God, I was right. And this is going to get me right into jail because I just intercepted calls to a federal law enforcement agency from another federal agent. And I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that. So I called a bunch of friends who were in law enforcement who were former Marine buddies of mine, and they all unanimously said, you're an idiot, and you need to tell somebody officially. I was like, yeah, I agree. So I called the FBI here in Seattle and said I did all that, and they hung up the phone because they thought I was a crazy person. Mm. And now listening, after listening to several of the calls, I know that they get a lot of crazy people calling them for no reason. Mm. So I walked into the Secret Service office here in Seattle to tell them what I did. And they had a printout from the previous Como story where I had the Edward Snowden in hiding place. They had that printout because every time you say the words Edward Snowden or White House, someone has to do a lot of work. Yeah. Betting whatever the information is. So so the FBI is finally li- going to listen to my podcast now. Uh, after this. Yeah, Hopefully sometimes sometimes I'll say things like online and make sure it's unsecured and then put on weird porn when I leave the house to make them have to watch it uh. while I'm gone. <laughs> like 12 hours. Some guy's like, man, this guy won't stop watching crazy cow-on-cow action. Yeah. Why is he still watching this stupid channel? Meanwhile, I'm off doing my normal daily stuff. So, yes, the FBI and Secret Service will probably listen to this podcast. So awesome. You, 
you might have some new fans. Woohoo! Woohoo! Now, maybe they'll learn something. Bam, FBI! <laughs> like how to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, what ended up happening? I'm in this room, and it's the lobby. They wouldn't even let me into the back room, and it's just two or three chairs and a little sign. Three guys standing there, not believing what I'm telling them. And I just I looked at the guy in front of me. I said, look, call the Secret Service office in D.C. right now. Just, just call him right now and I can prove it. And I was taking the gamble that he was going to use Google Maps to do so. If he used Apple Maps, it wouldn't have worked because the only one that would have showed up was the real one, not the one I had made only on Google Maps. He pulls his phone out, he taps on it, puts it up to his ear, says, hi, this is a agent so-and-so in Seattle. And he knew the guy on the other end. They had a couple minute conversation. He hung up and I got, I had the number triggered to send me a text message every time a, a call came in and I got a notification. So he had an Android phone, which means the default for looking up stuff in locations was Google Maps app. And that's what he used. And because I had outranked the real one, even for searches in Seattle or anywhere in the world, the default for that location, city, and keyword was mine. And so I pushed play, and it played back the audio of both the guy locally, who we heard in person, and the voice of the guy in Washington, D.C., clear as day. And we could hear what we couldn't hear when he was talking on the actual phone. And, and uh, that's when it sucked. That's when he, they all immediately realized that I was telling the truth and that I was not to be allowed to leave. Uh, they were very interested. And the guy actually said, oh, shit. They handed me a form that said, do you understand your Miranda rights? They searched my bag. They searched me. They said, you're not being detained. And, but we'd really like it if you stayed to keep and fill us in on all this stuff. Four hours later, I was allowed to leave. Mm. But there was a lot of explaining to people with guns about what I was doing. And did they do anything after that? They, they hit me up a couple weeks later to make sure I wasn't continuing to do any recordings. And they made it very clear that I was not allowed to record any more phone calls of any kind without other, you know, hacking of any kind like that. Uh, and that I'd used up my one chance. But thank but you. But now for- all my listeners can. <laughs> I, I want to make this very clear. I do not encourage anyone to do exactly what I did because even though it still is available to be done a variety of ways, I would not encourage doing it because it is a federal crime. Yeah. Smart asses. So <laughs> he, uh, they let me go. Uh, they actually said I was a hero for coming in and I didn't really feel it was appropriate, but at least it was a good standing to leave on. Like, okay, good. I'm not going to walk out of the building and then... Sniper shot back of the head. Think you're safe or find yourself in the back of a Crown Vic. Um, Fast forward a bit. And uh, I wrote a book that you read and tolerated. And that's uh, great. Thank you. Very informative. Very funny and interesting. Uh, I, I I wouldn't say aspiring comic, but amateur to being amateur trying to be a comedian and throwing in a few jokes here and there so which is why you know like i said the other uh, earlier is i've always been a fan of yours since very first time i saw you on conan and this is a dream come true so i i wish more of my guests would gush over me um before we before we wrap up what uh uh, what's in in, uh because i i do want to talk about a couple other things before we uh 
before we uh, wrap up. But uh, charity of the week, what do you plug in? Uh, Wounded Warrior Project is definitely uh, it, it's a nonprofit charity organization that helps uh, disabled veterans, people coming returning from war. Uh, so many different things, getting people. Um, equipment that they need to be able to live comfortably or prosthetics or wheelchairs or, you know, fixing things up. And it's just good support. A lot of, lot of people coming over, uh, Marine veterans, army, air force, Navy, coast guard, people coming back with mental and physical problems that aren't getting taken care of through, you know, slow VA coverage or whatever. And, you know, we need to, people want to help them and this is a really good place to do it. That's fantastic. Um, and so as we're wrapping up, um, so, uh, and, and obviously people are going to be able to learn more in, um, your upcoming Christopher Nolan film interception. Um, but, uh, but do you have any true story of this idiot doing things? (laughs) Do you have any, um, Words of wisdom for I, I would I would here's what I'd like to cover um and and I, I, I'm I have I have no uh, time restrictions here but I I, I would mm-hmm. like to cut stuff out if you need to uh, it's fine uh, no this is good we're not going to cut anything out uh, other than the person at the door who uh, the listeners don't even know about because it was <laughs> because already cut. cut out right um so anyhow uh this this is what I'd like I would like to know one what people can do to avoid being victims of this fraud, what to look for when they're looking for uh, windshield repair or, or whatever. Actually, you know what? Let's just go into that first, and then I'll, I'll do my Simple things question. that people can do are if you're going to hire someone to come to your house or business and do service, especially for a long-term contract or something high value, anything really, Check your states. Look up in Google.com or Bing or wherever your search engine of preference. Look up business license search for your state. And it's usually the Secretary Secretary of State or Department of Industries. Those types of things will give you the ability to search for a business license that matches the person that you think is a real or fake person. That gives you the ability to say, okay, this guy has a license. Contractors, business license, they all have to be registered somewhere. And if they're not, they're not real. And you shouldn't call them. You're just inviting the wolf into the hen house, so to speak. So check the validity. And it's really hard to do on the phone. So don't make rush things on your phone. Don't try and search businesses on your phone. Too small, too hard to search. You've only got a finger. Use your desktop mouse. Spend a few minutes. It doesn't take long. Just do the little bit of background. Save you a lot of heartache and a lot of people getting robbed left and right. It happens every day. So just spend a little time on the computer, look it up, and that's. And if you have any questions, you can you can ask me, and I'll help you. Um, how are people gonna ask you? SeelySecurity.com is S E E L Y Security. Fantastic. Or Twitter, I'm on Twitter, and uh, what's your Twitter handle? Brian the Maps Guy. That's B R Y A N the Maps Guy. Terrific. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, and and um. As someone who hears the grievances of windshield repair people, um, guys, if it's wintertime, if the weather's bad, if you have a garage, 
that's going to help <laughs> if you have. Uh, listen, they're going to need to get in your car. So if you're at work and your car's locked, they're not going to be able to fix your windshield for you. I know that this has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> this is just a big shout out to Helpful my brother-in-law. consumer advice. <laughs> Helpful consumer advice. So... How about helpful um, uh, uh, service advice? If, if you're a small business and you're a legitimate business and you're, say, uh, Paul Moss um, uh, in, in Onalaska, Wisconsin, with this uh, solid surface specialist business who knows not a damn thing about computers, but works 90 hours a week to provide the best damn countertops in all of Wisconsin. What can you do to um, improve to, your business to online? Improve, improve your business online, yeah. and it'd be because these these scammers are doing it. The the frauds are going to do it. So if you're a legitimate business, you better damn well be doing something to keep up with. Uh, these illegitimate businesses. The top search engines and these directories that you're going to want to make sure your business is on is Google Maps, Bing, Yelp, which feeds to Apple, and that's how you get it on an iPhone. If your business is on those locations, make sure you can actually go and claim your business to add pictures, keywords, dates and times that you're open, that kind of thing. Mm. That's the minimum standard. Make sure that when your customers are happy and if you are a good you know countertop fitter in uh, wisconsin someplace tell your customers you'd really appreciate a good review mm. and just let them know and if you have a little card with the website or the link that makes it easier for them that's, that helps immensely they can go and leave a review which actually adds a huge rating boost to your business which allows more people to find you and get lovely countertops other things are websites are helpful it doesn't have to be the flashiest thing in the world, but having one there and having that linked on those other websites, Yelp and Bing and those things helps immensely. There's not too much more that you need to do on top of that, and it doesn't right. take a lot to get all that set up. There's websites that will set up the whole layout and all these designs for you. You don't have to be a master. You can just spend an afternoon sitting down, taking a look at it. And like I said, if you have more questions, you can ask me. There's other websites that will there's tons of stuff out there. There's no excuse. Well, thank you very much, Brian Seeley. And listeners, make sure and, oh, do you want, uh, why don't we spend a couple minutes talking about, about this issue, just in case people have a hard time finding your book, which we're, we're not going to release this again until the book is back out. It was released in June, right? July. July. Uh, I believe, yeah, July 17th or 15th. It, and then you got a call from some important oh, people. I got an email from some people <laughs> saying, hey, we're so-and-so from such-and-such such agency. Who's your attorney? Which is never a good question. Yeah. And so they contacted my attorney. He said, hey, they have some concerns about the book. And I'm like, yeah, but I got the First Amendment. And he goes, yeah, but you might want to talk to him anyways. And so I had a meeting, and they said they wanted me to make come to the conclusion of myself that I need to stop <laughs> selling the book because if someone used my book to do what I did, they were going to have to come after me. Even though they weren't mad at me now for what I did a year and a half ago, they, are, they made it very clear that they changed their mind frequently and that this could result in me going to prison for hundreds of years because 40 calls at five years apiece is 200. Right. 
Um. <laughs> so they told me to take the book down. I am conferring with my attorney, and I believe the book will go back on sale at some point because I think it's worthy of a fight. Yeah. Um, I'm personally going to hack uh, the FBI, uh, personally, just for fun, and I like anarchy, and um, I don't necessarily encourage my listeners to, but I don't tell them not to either. Uh, <laughs> you should not have to tell people not to do those things. Like, it's not one of those PSAs you got to include. Yeah, free time. I mean, what are you going to do? Want to watch Netflix instead? You can hack the FBI. It's so easy, everybody. Not on the top ten. Uh, um, um, so so your book is called Cyber Fraud, The Web of Lies, uh, very, very clearly presented information. It, I mean, you, you presented everything clearly today, and I think I think uh, I think people people um, get it, but if you are confused at all, check out the book and you it will eliminate all confusion. And not only that, in an hour time, there's only so much we can cover. There's a million different examples of this stuff there's a, a whole bunch of um entertaining and informative screenshots and and that sort of thing so check out cyber fraud the web of lies thank you brian for being on the here we are program and thank you listeners for being curious thank you everybody for listening remember tell all your friends around the southeast to check out my schedule and go and see either my live podcast or my good trip show, or depending on what area they are in. And also, if you guys could please, please help me out. Remember, I don't get paid a single cent. I've never made a cent off of doing this podcast. So things like this are, are the things that I uh, love as payment. Things like uh, reviewing this podcast on iTunes makes me feel so good. Uh, a review a day keeps the depression away, um, as my doctor always told me. So keep those coming. And please check out the new Twitter account. Podcast Twitter accounts are notoriously hard to get traction for. Um, but I'm trying to do something a little bit different with this one. Uh, the at here we pod. So if you already follow me on Twitter or Facebook, I'm hoping to make it kind of all different. I'm going to stick with only talking about science. I'm going to have a lot more serious tweets on there and some science jokes as well. And I follow all of my past guests who happen to be on Twitter. I follow on there and I'm going to be retweeting some of like the articles that they write and, and, uh, different tweets of theirs that I find particularly interesting. And, um, you know, I'm hoping to build it into, I don't know what, I'm up for suggestions. Um, and, but you can write me there and, and write and tell me what you would like me to post more about. You can suggest, always suggest um, uh, potential guests, scientists with books that you've read that you enjoy, where you'd like me to interview the author, that would be terrific. Um, all right. And as always, those of you that listened all the way to the end of these announcements, you are my favorites. That was a little creepy that time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was worth it, though. Made me feel good. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, geez. Gee whiz, guys. What's coming up next week? Scott Burns, I was in Portland. He's a geologist. Geology, 
Well, I don't need to know about rocks. How can that be interesting, Shane? Well, have I failed you yet? Why do you even question that? Have I let you down in the past, guys? You're supposed to be my favorites. You guys are the ones that listen to the end. You're supposed to be the enthusiastic ones. Now? Now your confidence in me is, is failing? Could have chose a better word there, probably. Faltering? Yeah, probably. So next week, I'm going to be talking with a geologist about wine. Ooh. How wine is made, the different terroir. Oh, we're going to learn a new word. If you don't know terroir, you're going to be impressing all of your friends with your new grasp of the French language. So make sure and tune in uh, next week for that really fun, interesting conversation with maybe my most enthusiastic guest yet. So uh, it's, it's a good one. I'll talk to you then. say uh seinfeld was on an island and he was blowing boris karloff what would it what would that be like <laughs> it might go something like this oh mr karloff i loved you and frankenstein and i love giving you a blowjob why mr seinfeld I'd love having you 